0: Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Ryan Finlay, sports editor for the Union Tribune, joins me. I'm in Arizona. Ryan is in San Diego. Ryan, tomorrow, Mariners, Padres, twelve ten Pacific time. Cactus League opener, Nick Martinez on the mound. Ryan Weathers, Jay Groom will follow him. They all may go two innings apiece. Because of the World Baseball Classic, these first couple games the Padres play, we're going to see a lot of stars. We're going to see these guys because Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Hasan Kim, they're going to all be going to the WBC. So they're going to play a lot here. And so fans that are coming out, uh, if they can make it past the snow in the mountains, uh, they will get to see uh, the stars. Ryan, where do you want to start here as we tape on Thursday?
1: First of all, let's not gloss over the fact that there is relevant February baseball tomorrow.
0: It's relevant because the Padres are going to be good this year. And so you're considering it relevant. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 It's weird. It's weird. Spring training, spring training is never relevant in February. And yet here we are.
0: No. Speaking of that, um, I asked you where you wanted to start, but it just reminded me. Yeah. I talked to a guy today who grew up a Padres fan. And he was, uh, as a matter of fact, he went to a lot of games and he was at the game in 1998 when the Padres clinched uh, the uh, their playoff uh, berth, clinched the West on that day too, I believe, uh, by beating the Dodgers. His name's Cole Hamels. He uh, went on to win a World Series, win a World Series MVP trophy and I think a car, uh, has made uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And... He is now a San Diego Padre. You remember him. You remember everybody. You're a fount of Padre's uh, his history and trivia. But you remember uh, Cole Hamels.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you said that you knew a guy who was there the night they clinched in 98 and grew up a Padre fan. I thought you were talking about me, Kevin. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cole Hamels, you know, it's it's so funny. For years, and you know this, I mean, he's been linked to the Padres, right? Every time he, you, know, you hear that he's working out for teams or, or attempting. I don't know if we're saying that this is a comeback attempt, but, you know, he's tried to get back into the big leagues, the Padres have been linked to him forever. I think one of the things that makes this time different and this time special is this isn't a stunt. This isn't the Padres signing Fernando Valenzuela and having him pitch on Sundays at home, right? This isn't the Padres signing both Giles brothers or bringing in Scott Hairston and Jerry Hairston Jr., right? Cole Hamels has an opportunity to be a part of a championship team and the Padres have a chance to add a guy with some veteran experience, who may or may not ever pitch for them. I mean, you talked to him a little bit today about his time frame. I mean, we are still weeks, if not months, away from him being even possibly in the mix, correct?
0: Yeah, he's not even going to throw to batters for a couple weeks. Uh, so here's the deal with, with Cole Hamels, and you're right. Be it uh, that you want to call it a stunt or you want to call it like a player passed well past his prime that the Padres used to bring in, and that was the biggest signing of the spring. It Jared was like, Weaver.
1: Sure you know, Weaver. Sure.
0: Cole Hamels can, you know, be a, what what he once was or close to it, man. Maybe that'll be really good and the Padres could win more games than we think. And that was kind of like the story of spring. And there's actually a lot of guys around this year that, that kind of fit that bill where they're just not a big deal in terms of the Padres' plans. But, I, look, I think Cole Hamels a big deal because of what yeah. he's accomplished in this game. The fact that he's 39 years old. So if I, my math is correct, he was 15 when the Padres went to the World Series and you were – 16
1: uh, 17 but then whatever
0: so 17 okay uh so but here's why it's like a big deal i mean obviously rancho bernardo kid mm-hmm. has been quoted throughout his career as saying like you know probably not a good chance i'm going back to the padres back when he was you know a sought after free agent because for most of his career the padres sucked mm-hmm. um and now he will feel extremely fortunate if he is able to pitch for his hometown team because it's a team with legitimate world series uh, uh, aspirations and look you you are in my business and what it's become is you you spend a lot of time chasing the the trades and the free agents and injuries and and keeping track of stuff and you don't get very often to just enjoy the fact that here's a guy who doesn't need this but wants it And has been rehabbing for two years basically to get himself back to where he had a real nice bullpen today. That's all it was. He threw strikes. It was a real nice bullpen because it was his first one on a, you know, a major league bullpen mound Mm -hmm. uh, wearing a major league uniform since 2021. And I think that's a neat story. And um, I, you know, we're journalists, we're not fans, but I'm a Cole Hamels fan. I'm a fan of good players and I'm a fan of good stories. So of all the other things going on, and there's so mm-hmm. many more bigger things going on for the Padres, I just think this is cool.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, to me, what what makes it cool is, and, you know, you and I were texting earlier today, you seem genuinely tickled by, by your exchange with him, that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you were excited to write about it, excited to talk to him. The quote in your story that jumped out to me, Kevin, was he said he just wants one more chance. He just wants to do it one more time. And as somebody who's <sighs> on the wrong side of 30 myself, uh, I get it. Like, I get it. He want, He said almost that it was so surreal to have so much success at a young age. He almost and I'm not going to put words in his mouth. It seems as if he did not enjoy it maybe as much as he should. And that now that he's been away from it, he misses it, wants to be a part of one more championship. And, and that's really cool. It, Cole is more likely than not Kevin I think slots in on this roster as either a spot starter or a bullpen guy um I know that there are some questions about this bullpen you know as we start playing games here on Friday uh how, how are things shaking out uh, in the padre pen
0: well, if we could look at it maybe as uh, the staff as a whole, and I think you're right. I mean, look, uh, if everything goes really well for the Padres and everybody stays healthy in that six man rotation, and they don't need a long man because guys are, you know, Ryan Weathers is pitching well. Well, Cole Hamill's comeback, if it happens, will be with another team because he has outs in his contract. I explained that in in my uh, in my story. Tomorrow, big deal because Ryan Weathers and Jay Groom are going to uh, pitch. You have uh, Julio Tehran, who was a you know pretty decent pitcher for a while in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is going to start on Sunday. You have three other guys: uh, Brent Honeywell, Adrian Morahone, and you've got uh, one more guy. Oh well, uh, you've got six guys who are right. competing to be either a long reliever or to be the guy in AAA who's the first call-up when they need a, another starter. And to me, look, they've got the six guys. It's not like, oh, they're going to have – they have six starters. Like when when Bob Melvin's being careful, he says, you know, if we go with a six-man rotation. Other times he says, we've got our six starters. So mm-hmm. to me, the real competition is what I've called the other six, that Ryan mm-hmm. Weathers sort of – I see him at the top of that, Jay Groom. Uh, there's a kid named Brent Honeywell who is – was at one time one of the top prospects in baseball has had some injuries.
1: Electric when he's healthy.
0: Yeah. And a very interesting kid. I'll be doing something on him soon. Talked to him the other day. Um, Looking forward to seeing him pitch. He threw a live today. Um, When I say live, he threw a live uh, batting practice. You just abbreviate when you can, when you're living groundhog day of spring training, you abbreviate where you can. Uh, So I think to me, and I think to the Padres, that's one of the intriguing Uh, Competitions, intriguing aspects of camp. And I think that's a great thing because it's not who's your shortstop, who's your third baseman, who's your number one starter, who's your number five starter. All these things are locked down.
1: Well, yeah, and and when you're a team with championship aspirations, who your 23rd and 24th and 25th man are matters, right? It doesn't matter when you're not – I'm not sure the Colorado Rockies are talking a whole lot about who's going to be their long man. Right. This is to me, these pieces all matter so much more since they're expected to be good.
0: Well, I wrote about it today in um, a story that's up uh, on Ryan. It's ostensibly on Ryan Weathers, but it's about what we were just talking about, really. And almost every year, a team looks back and says, man, without this guy coming up and making three or five or eight starts, we wouldn't have made it as far as we did. Now I say almost every year because that didn't happen for the Padres last year. They got 157 starts from their top seven guys, all of whom made at least 10 starts so that just doesn't happen there were only four other teams that did that and it was the first time the padres had done it in 11 years so this year you're going to expect more that you are going to see weathers groom reese Kinnear. the name is here I, I was just going to say ago. Reese yeah this came to me so what happens when you're on the right side of 50 you said the wrong side of 30 when you get to be my age you actually know that it's actually the right side of of those ages um but every once in a while. Something Mm -hmm. does stick inside of my brain. Reese Kinnear. Um, So I honestly, uh, this is how sick I am. I'm excited to watch uh, these guys uh, compete. To maybe latch on as sort of the seventh reliever, Mm -hmm. I think more likely many of them to be uh, at AAA and be the guy that's called up, whatever it is, injury or, or, or what have you.
1: Sure, what you guys in the business call organizational depth.
0: Correct. <laughs> what the Padres call organizational depth. And then I just take that from them, but man, are they, they are so proud of organizational depth. Yep. And, uh, and gay, they didn't have it last year. And fortunately for them, they didn't need it.
1: Right. Two years ago, they needed it desperately
0: and didn't so much have it then either, which is no, they, why uh, Jake Arrieta came and Vince Velasquez. Vince came Velasquez to yeah. them.
1: Yeah. That's, and that's funny, Kevin, when we talk about why are these guys important, the next six are important so they don't have to go get Jake Arrieta in a pennant race.
0: Yes, yes. Right. And, you know, so the, guy we, right. the guy we just talked about, uh, Cole Hamels, makes it actually seven, but he's not really a part of it yet. So
1: sure, sure. Yeah, these I'm, I'm sure our listeners want a Fernando Tatis update. Uh, you've been out there with him daily for the last week and a half. What is his time frame? How does he look in the outfield? Uh, what's sort of the organizational at least update on him so far.
0: He looks a lot better in the outfield than he did in 2021 on a consistent basis. Uh, I'll tell you what he looks like, and this is the best news I can give you because he hasn't played in a game and he won't for a few days. He looks like the old Fernando in terms of jumping around, having fun, clearly just, uh, you know, the best athlete on the field, and they've got a few, but he's uh, the best athlete on the field. I didn't say he's the best baseball player, but he's the best athlete, and that's all great, and that's about all you can want at this point. They're not going to play him. I don't know. Will it be Sunday, the third game, Monday, Tuesday, you know, probably sometime on the weekend, or gosh, I would hope, but what they really want to do is make sure that he is completely locked in, and for those not watching um, live, I'm pointing at my head like completely locked in. Fernando, when you slide, it's feet first. You know when you know do- when you're diving back into um, first base, that just needs to be a natural reaction. Yes, he's played his whole life, but he hasn't played in a year and a half. All the starting and stopping that is required in baseball, where a lot of injuries occur. That just that he's ready to actually play in a game, even though it's an exhibition game. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. And we've seen him do some crazy things in spring training, uh, including getting hurt twice uh, because he was, you know, playing as as if he was, it was uh, the middle of a pennant race in August because that's how he plays. And that's why he's a part of the reason why he's as good as he is. So they just want to be real careful with him. So if you're coming over or you're going to watch on TV Friday, Saturday, pretty sure you're not going to see him.
1: If when he does make his spring trading debut, he will be playing blank
0: right field. Guess it could be depending on Trent Grisham's off days. I guess it could be center field. Mm-hmm. I think he'll get some time there, but right field, center field exclusively for a time, and then especially you'll say that Xander Bogarts is is his uh, the Norway team is still alive in the uh, WBC.
1: You can see Netherlands though, at Netherlands. shortstop. Yes, yeah, Netherlands. Right. Netherlands.
0: No. Oh, Kevin. Oh, I already got myself in one geopolitical mess this week. <laughs> Actually, I didn't get myself in that. But anyway, Um. Uh, but yeah, yes, the Netherlands, as I was saying it, I was like, I don't think that's right, but I'm going to go with it. Thank
1: you, Ryan. Another guy, Kevin, when we talk about positional changes, you slipped it into a notebook and you got me excited. Nelson Cruz, <laughs> first baseman's glove. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's played, I believe, is it one game in his career at first base? One game. One game. And
0: uh, I don't know that you'll see another one, but he has worked there a lot. As a matter of fact, Jake Cronenworth has spent the last at least two days uh, during drills exclusively at second base. But now at the end of practice, Jake puts on the first baseman's glove and does some extensive drilling at first base catching difficult throws where actually the coach, be it uh, Matt Williams or Mike Schilt is hitting fungos at him as if it were a short hop throw. And he mm-hmm. works on that for about 10 minutes. And so he, this is still the guy who's going to be your primary first baseman, but Matt Carpenter and, and Nelson Cruz have been working there and Nelson Cruz. He hasn't looked bad. Look, Eric Cosmer's defense dropped off. Uh, certainly the last year. And I'd say the last two and a half, three. Um, mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz was, at least here early on, remember he's 42, okay, uh, at least early on, he looked adequate there. He's sure. not He's not a guy that you're going, oh, no, might have to play him there. But I will say this, and I'll say it just like um, the outfield. You know, Bob Melvin said, after previously saying, hey, maybe Matt Carpenter could work in the corners in the outfield right. if needed. Probably not going to have to do that. They have enough options The Matt Carpenter probably won't even work out in the outfield in spring training. I don't. I, I see the same logic when I look at first base and I say they've got enough guys during the regular season. I don't think Nelson Cruz at first. Sure, spring training, absolutely. See what he can do.
1: Is this just a matter of he's got to go somewhere when they're doing defensive drills? I mean, is that part of it too? It's just well, I'm getting him, him ready on the field and moving
0: getting him ready in case they, they have to, this is a guy who, as you said, has played one game there. Uh, and it was for, I believe Tampa Bay. Um, we had, when he was traded there in 2021, um, you know, get him as much work there as you can. But, yeah, the designated hitter is always going to work somewhere. And I think you're going to see, as long as Matt Carpenter at, what, 37 now, is performing well at the plate for both these guys. That's the number one thing is what they're doing at the plate. You're going to see Matt Carpenter at first. You're going to see Matt Carpenter perhaps spell uh, Manny Machado, depending on, you know, Hassan Kim and whether he's in the lineup and that sort of thing. But um, for the most part, I think that those two guys, it's designated hitter platoon.
1: Sure. You had a story that ran last weekend, Kevin, about Manny Machado, uh, the Padres efforts to re-sign him after he said that he is going to exercise that opt out in his contract. Uh, There were some figures in there and and you had a chance to talk to Manny about this. Um, Obviously a big story early in camp and a huge story line. You know, what do you make of the Padres efforts or lack thereof? And where, where do we go from here? Do you think?
0: Well, let's start with that. You know, Peter Seidler and and A.J. Preller have maintained all along that they want to sign Manny. And then uh, both of them said Peter first and A.J. Preller in response to a question about Peter saying it. But Peter Seidler, Padres chairman, said that Manny's his top priority. And the reason I'm starting there is because I want to say this team, based on what they've done, deserves the benefit of the doubt in most instances. However, their actions to date do not show that Manny is a priority. That could change. Look, the deadline that Manny Machado set in the beginning of December, which was um, last Thursday, a week ago, February 16th, to get something done or else he doesn't want He wants to concentrate on the season. These deadlines are fluid. You could also consider them, they, they're, they're just not real because the Padres could come with, you know, $500 million. And Manny's going to you know, be like, yeah. And that contract signed right now. And I just threw out a number because I wanted everyone to know how silly I was being. And I'm not going to throw out a number. Um, but so it's not that it's over. It's not that it couldn't happen tomorrow, but their extension offer of five years and $105 million wasn't even close. And there is zero doubt that Manny Machado, we've talked about this before, but there's zero doubt that there's the things are piling up that Manny Machado is a very proud man, very much believes in his his worth. You know, he's kind of he's got a lot of things he can take personally. Again, mm-hmm. money, I've had it before. You know, I used to cover this football team in town and boy was Ladanian Tomlinson angry at the Chargers and boy was Dean Spanos kind of screwing that up and boy was AJ Smith um, saying some bad things about LT And, and, and it was over, right. It was over both sides. Mm -hmm. LT wasn't going to No, he was insulted. LT ended up signing a contract that made him the highest paid running back in history. uh, And he played five more years for the for the chargers. So that is just one example um, in which I was, you know, following like daily and I can give you many others that money talks, deadlines walk, just made that Mm -hmm. saying up myself. Um, And, and so, That's where we're at with Manny Machado.
1: Well, And and again, for for people who are unfamiliar, because this was four years ago, Manny Machado signed with the Padres. Why again? Was it because they offered him the most money?
0: (laughs) By far, they offered him the most money, and they gave him an opt-out.
1: Yeah, but they offered him the most money. You can't. My my opinion, Kevin, I'm not in Peoria. I'm not uh, in your world every day. You can't. You signed a guy because you could pay him the most money. You can't get mad at him if he's trying to go get the most money from somebody after that. Well, that's
0: still an issue. You're right. If that's still an issue for people, they haven't been paying attention to what happened this offseason. And, you know, Aaron Judge, after the Padres, and this is one of the reasons I talked that Manny can, you know, take some things personally. Four or five days after getting the deadline from Manny, knowing they needed to address it before the season, the Padres offered or didn't offer. But let Aaron Judge know they were about what they were willing to go uh, to. And a lot of people have heard that it was $40 million a year. The Padres before that even had offered uh, Trey Turner $342 million over 11 years. They then signed Xander Bogarts for 11 years and $285 million. They extended you Darvish. Uh, all while doing nothing with Manny. But here's the deal on those three contracts of Aaron Judge, Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts. They all are for an immense amount of money, at least through those players age 39 seasons. And in the case of Xander Bogarts through his age 41 season. So, you know, Manny that. Those set the market for a player of Manny Machado's level and next off season, that market will be even higher provided Manny continues to operate uh, and perform at a MVP level. And there will be Shohei Ohtani, the two-way player, who probably will hit the market, and then there will be Manny Machado, and those will be the two big free agents.
1: Sure, sure. And I think if you're Manny Machado's agent, if you're Dan, if you're Dan Lozano, Dan Lozano, Don Lozano yes. Dan Lozano, Dan Lozano, if you're Dan Lozano, you're sitting there and you're going, Manny Machado is every bit the player that Aaron Judge and, and that uh, Trey Turner are. I mean, if you talk about you're what you're saying, he, that
0: there, you're at least saying there's he's somewhere in between. He's in and, that um, right,
1: right, right. Yes. And, He's certainly more versatile than Judge. I mean, the defense, I I don't know. You're right. He's in that conversation. And so, Kevin, if you had to guess, what gets something done?
0: Um, A number that starts with a three. So uh, something that extends him, the amount of time that they uh, said that they would, five years, when I say said they would, the offer they gave. Mm -hmm. Uh, So signs him through 41. And, you know, the AAV can come down. So how about at, you know, I haven't done this math necessarily, um, but uh, how about at, you know, 25, uh, 25 a year for mm-hmm. five uh, and yeah. then, you know, something like that. I'm not saying that gets it done. Uh, I know there was a report out there. I'm not in the business of refuting reports. Four hundred million. Uh, no, I, I don't think so, based on the numerous people that I've talked to, but something closer to.
1: 400 than 285. Sure, wow. You know Manny as well as I think a media member can know Manny Machado. Will this be a distraction this year?
0: No. Of all the people uh, that have the ability to just focus on Manny, it's Manny. (sighs) It's Manny. And 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 uh, of all the people who he works very hard, but he's not a tinkerer. right Right. he doesn't get inside his head too much you see it sometimes anybody can see it um that there are times of course he's human and he slumps and maybe starts um he his manifest when he chases uh pitches that he shouldn't um Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that you know that doesn't happen or couldn't happen but i don't see it because of any sort of pressure or uh distraction first off manny doesn't allow distractions um Mm -hmm. Is just not that guy really. Uh, So I think of all the people now, sometimes I've been surprised in my career at how guys that you thought were going to be able to handle one situation couldn't, but I think of, of, that handful of people that can block out this sort of thing. Uh, it's Manny. Now, you know, Joe Musgrove, he did a heck of a job because he acknowledged that it was a distraction last year. And yet he still performed at the level he did. But there was that point in the middle of the season. Now he, he uh, did get COVID at some point. Uh, he's playing in his hometown, the all-star stuff. Uh, he had a, a lingering knee thing, but also the distraction of the contract a little bit. Um, so I thought. You know, Joe is one of those guys, too. Um, and here's the thing. And I remember telling Joe this a couple of weeks ago, like Joe acknowledges Joe Joe's um, elite level is that he acknowledges the distraction and the pressure and he leans into it. Mm-hmm. And Manny, what distraction? What do you mean? What distraction? And, and so I, I, I have a, I get a kick out of Manny. And a part of it is because of his ability to operate at that level.
1: Sure. Joe Musgrove told you, I think, a, a really good story about uh, preparing for that start in New York. Yeah, right? yeah. It's kind of it's kind of the same thing. He sat there and he was so afraid to fail San Diego, and then he flipped a switch and it. No, no, no. This is an opportunity to become legendary.
0: There you go. And that is, um, you know, while that might occur to all of us, the ability to embrace it, man, right. and visualize it, and then make it happen in New York. Right. Uh, that's why Joe Musgrove's who he is. And I, I mean, Nanny Machado is absolutely on that level. It's just fascinating to me, the two different ways that the, the two guys go at it. it it's uh, but the, the end result, I believe, uh, will be the same. Uh, anybody sort of, uh, I've heard a few comparisons, um, uh, between the two and, and, you know, how they're look, Joe was frustrated. Joe's side was frustrated with the Padres. Um, mm-hmm. he had set a deadline uh, of sorts, um, Well, Manny's not from San Diego, and Manny's parents don't live in San Diego. Manny hasn't lived in like eight different houses in San Diego because every offseason he wanted to experience a different little suburb of San Diego like Joe did. Uh, There's the difference right there. Joe, in the end, was going to sign with the Padres if they came with something fair. Uh, That's not the case here with Manny. He may well sign with the Padres, but it's a completely different situation.
1: Kevin, next time you see him, do me a favor. Ask Joe Musgrove where I should live. <laughs> so look for your house. I, I know
0: where you should live. But uh, yeah, no, Joe's, Joe's really something. I, I'll, I'll never get over how much he has embraced being the hometown
1: hero. Yeah, it's cool. He is, I mean, we, we talk about this off air a lot. I think if you're a native San Diegan, he's probably your favorite padre.
0: Yeah, because, look, he remembers, just like Cole Hamels, and that was where the segue, and I'm not even sure if I really got into it, but you were talking about the Padres and how spring training was for so long and for so many years was never really, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, that Cole Hamels remembers that. Right. Um, yes, Joe Musgrove remembers that. Like, man, I'd like to play for the Padres, but I want to win a ring. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, fortunately for him, he came at a time when, it, when it's actually possible.
1: Absolutely. We're coming up against the 30 minute mark here, Kevin, any, any other news and notes as, uh, as they start games here on Friday?
0: No, um, I guess we'll try to do this again next Thursday. Today was the last day without a, without a game. That's not true. There are off days, but it's uh, the last day where spring training has this just sort of languid pace. Right. Um, And especially when there's no game in the afternoon and today was the last of those Uh, it's now workout in the morning Get your lunch, maybe get on a bus, or if you're a veteran, who, the rare veteran who has to travel somewhere, uh, they usually only play here, get in your car and, and drive to that place. Uh, it's, it gets a little more hectic from here, but it also is games, thankfully, and every day gets us a little closer to the season.
1: And your routine changes, is my guess?
0: My routine changes only in that. Yeah. I got to hustle up and get lunch and, and mm-hmm. drive to wherever I'm driving to and watch a game and file stories. And yeah, I guess a little bit more, but yeah. like I said, thank goodness, because like, you know, every day it's like one game off the calendar and we're closer to whatever it is this year, March uh, 30th or whatever it is.
1: Absolutely. Great. Well that'll do it for this episode of the hot lava podcast reminders. If you don't already subscribe, please subscribe anywhere you get it. Apple Podcasts, you can watch us on YouTube TV through the Union Tribune's Facebook page and anywhere else you get your podcasts. He's Kevin Acey. I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.